0: This is episode number 565 of the Inner Fight Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the show. Big shout out to our show sponsors, Smith Street Paleo. As always, please do hop over to the Smith Street Paleo website. Check out all the yummy goodness over there. And as I keep mentioning, yes, Smith Street Paleo can take all of the time out of cooking for you they will do it for you they'll deliver it for you so you just pick up your bag and get on with your life it really does save a lot of time i use them yes i know it's my wife's company but i still use them and it saves me a truck load of time and the food is super good as well and it's all like home cooking so please give them a shout hello at smithstreetpaleo.com or hop over to the website see if you like it and then give them a shout Here we go with another show, number 565. Thanks a lot to everyone who's tuned in. And this is quite good timing, actually, because it's right on the back of last week's main show, Thursday's main show, 564, where we're talking all about Project DXB, what to expect there, and everything that's going on. And the week before the show, the week before, let me just double-check, I think it was the one with Susie Chan, and we we're talking about running as well. So this kind of fits in with that. We're going to talk today, or I'm going to talk today, about heart rate monitors, GPS devices, not only in running, although obviously there's a massive application for them in running, but we're also going to talk about maybe the application in other sports do you need one for CrossFit it's a question that I get asked a lot it's a question that the coaches get asked a lot so I think a few thoughts on this might actually be super beneficial to you guys what we are talking about here generally is what I'd say is a wrist wearable wrist wearable yeah bit of a tongue twist of that one something like this if you're watching the YouTube version or if you're now watching the Apple version on Apple iTunes it's actually super cool I should have mentioned that last week for the few weeks gone by Apple when we launch, when we upload our video to iTunes, they actually show, uh, when we upload the audio file, they actually show the video as well, so that's super cool, so you can watch us either on YouTube, or if you are an Apple user, you can watch directly on Apple on the podcast app, which is cool, if you want to see the people that we're speaking to, or right now, you're going to be seeing that I'm holding up a watch. So we're talking about heart rate watches, GPS devices. They used to be a certain case where they would actually be more of a handheld device, but obviously it makes a lot more sense that it's a wristwatch. My personal experience from these things is actually, I've been using one, I think I got my first one in when I was about 12. So that's quite a long time ago, 1990 I was 12. Yes, quite old, not really. But that's how long these things have been around for. So they're not a new phenomenon by any fragment of the imagination. They've been around for an incredibly long time however they are ever changing and ever improving i would say when i got my first one it was the polar favor which was simply it looked just like this one that i'm holding up this sunto one that i'm holding up Um, it was just a black screen and all it had is across the the front of the screen it just had the numbers of heart rate it didn't have time it didn't have distance it didn't have anything in it at all. At that stage there was no GPS enabled watches. It was quite an alien thing. So essentially what we used to do when we went out running is when I'd finish running I'd get home and I'd get my mum or dad to hop in the car and measure how hard uh, how far I'd run and then I could look at my watch and I'd be able to figure out if I'd run three-minute K's, four-minute K's or seven-minute K's. It was a little bit old-school and then when Polar brought out their first watch, as I say, it was just the heart rate. So I actually used to go out running in two watches. I'd have my Casio timing watch on my right wrist, I don't know if it was right or left, and the Polar watch on the other side. And I'd be looking at at both, literally sometimes like, okay, heart rate's this, time's this but you'd have no idea of pace. And we'd established certain routes, so we knew how far those routes were and then I could work out the pacing. But there was none of this kilometer splits or 5K splits or 10K splits because you actually didn't know how far you'd run. And that's when a lot of heart rate running came into it because we could almost gauge effort levels. And that's one of the things as well. Your heart rate is just telling you how hard you're having to run to get to a certain speed. So I'd know when I was a kid, I'd know if I was running like 200 heart rate at the end of my run, you know, I was running full gas and I was running, you know, probably at a pace somewhere around three and a half minutes a K. So that was the gauge. Now the gauge is obviously how fast we're running pace-wise and things have slightly changed with these GPS watches. But that was it at the start. So these things have been around for an incredibly long time. We're using heart rate, and heart rate training is, again, it's not something that's new. And we know the different heart rate zones based on on different people. We know what zone one, two, three, four, and five is based on some testing. And we could do those testing back in the day where we'd run for a specific period of time and then measure the heart rate at various points of that run. And then we figure out, okay, maybe your max, I think the max I ever got my parlor up to was about 210, 212. Some people still get it up to that. If, if your heart rate blows a lot higher. But what I would do is I would then figure out, okay, for the last few minutes, I'm able to keep it at that. So work out my maths and my zones from that. So the application is not different. A lot of you will have heard us talking about math running and how we want to get it 180 minus your age is that zone. It's sort of a zone two, zone three zone. So to know what the heart rate is, and that comes really to, 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 to a big point about these things, they will tell you your heart rate. So if you're planning on doing some heart rate training, measuring the stress that you put on your body, or measuring the workload that you're doing through heart rate, then these things are super, super important. And I think for a lot of people, it's a measure that probably isn't used. So in simple terms, do you need a heart rate watch? I think everyone could benefit from having a heart rate watch from understanding how hard, or not as the case may be, they're working. A lot of them, I don't know if you guys saw the other week, I did something over on my Instagram TV where I was talking about this particular watch, the Sunto Baro 9, and we're talking a little bit about the wrist heart rate. Generally, and Tom spoke about this in last week's show, all about Project DXB, generally, it is not very accurate at all. It's affected by so many things, the tightness of the watch around the wrist, if it's wet, if it's hot, the temperature of it, and your heart rate's gonna go up and down. So to get a watch, you need to have, and they all sync directly, either by a technology called ANT or by Bluetooth, they'll sync directly to a chest strap. So you put that chest strap on, needs a little bit of moisture under it, These lights on the back of here are, they're affected by moisture, whereas those chest straps are not actually affected by moisture. So it needs a little bit of moisture on it, and then it will tell you the heart rate reading and you can set up these watches in different zones so it can have alarms on it when you're in a certain zone or when you go out of a certain zone. So if you're if your workout, if your run, we'll come to CrossFit a little bit in a second, is supposed to be in a certain zone. If you're not in that zone, an alarm will go off and if you jump out of that zone, if you push too hard, an alarm will go off as well. So for controlled training, they're actually super good and they can put a lot of measures in place where it could be super motivational because you're trying to hit certain numbers. Those numbers also, because all of these devices now are GPS enabled, like any one that, I think some brands still make them with not GPS in the machine, but when you put them with your phone, which means you have to bring your phone for a run, which I don't particularly like, but when you have them close to your, your phone, it can give you the GPS data. The GPS data is super useful because it'll tell us how far we've run, it'll also tell us the speed at what we're running at that particular point in time. So from that perspective for a run, They're actually super, super useful. We won't start working with a client on a run program until they actually have one of these watches and got it all set up because we need that data. However, there is a little bit of caveat with the data. There are so many things that will affect the data. We're just coming out of the Dubai summer where we see heart rates up by 10 to 15 beats at about the same pace level. So the same effort level because of the heat, we see the heart rate go up. So what a lot of people might think is, oh my goodness, I'm running at five-minute Ks in January and my heart rate's at 150. Now I run at a five-minute K and it's at 165. I've got less fit. It's not actually the case, you haven't got less fit, it's just because of the heat. So you do have to be a little bit careful. Also for the ultra runners, what we want them to do is because it's not always a strict path that they're going on, it's not always flat, we don't always know their variables, we want them to understand what feel looks like. So we'll ask people at certain stages to turn off the GPS or turn off the screen so they don't actually see the pace, they don't see how many k's they've done, maybe they just see the time of the run so they get to know what certain paces and certain heart rate zones feel like. Coming to CrossFit, I think there's actually a a massive benefit to wearing these things in CrossFit, but it's all really about what you do with that data and understanding like a global picture as well because some days you could say, oh, my heart rate won't go up. I want to work like really hard for this seven-minute AMRAP, but my heart rate, I can't get it higher. That's because your body could be stressed in a number of different ways as well. So you do really have to make sure that you take into consideration all the different things going on in your life and understand that that could also impact your heart. I'll give you another good example. When I was actually running my marathons last year, and by the 10th or 15th day, my heart rate just dropped right down. So I'm running one marathon every day and I'm 15 days in and my average heart rate for the marathon, I'm still running at the same pace, about four four hours 10 for the marathon, is down at about 115 to 120, which is quite low. But in CrossFit, there is a real, there is a real benefit to having these in, in, in place. It's not something that you should stop a workout for. It's not something that you should really obsessed too much about but it's it's really a good measure to see actually what's going on and your responsiveness and how hard you are actually working yes we know there's as i was just saying there we know there's going to be certain factors your body could be super stressed something could be going on your mind could be super stressed so your heart rate could go up and down but that's not going to be happening in every session for a lot of sessions you'll be able to use your heart rate as a measure of how hard you went another thing obviously in within crossfit is how long it takes you. And that's why CrossFit's such a such a beneficial way because we're able to measure it so easy. If it's five rounds for times and it's taking you two minutes around, then you've done work workout in 10 minutes. You come back the next day, you work a little bit harder, you might do it in nine minutes or nine minutes 50. You've still had an improvement. However, if you get a little bit more technical, adding a watch to the technical side of it is how you can sort of make it a little bit more measurable. Again, it's not something that you should be going, oh, I, I'm, I'm too high in the first couple of minutes of this workout, you really need to be learning to interpret that data better. Also, and this is a little bit of a disclaimer, if you are using a watch, a heart rate monitor watch, or any watch when you're doing CrossFit, please be very careful. Things like kettlebells flick back, I've seen screens smashed, all sorts of stuff when you' if you're bending your wrist like that it can pop the, the strap off them as well. You really do have to be a little bit careful and make sure that you protect your watch. I don't want loads of people turning up to a CrossFit class and all of these watches getting broken which is definitely what I've seen before. Talking about different brands so I think if you' if, if you're interested in performance, if numbers do motivate you if you want to manage a couple of different things, yes you do need a heart rate device stroke GPS watch they will be one of the same thing. You don't need to get either or, they'll be one of the same thing. Brands wise, as I said there, I used Polar since I was very young. When I, I think when I ran Marathon de Sable, just before I ran Marathon de Sable, I think I ran Marathon, no, I ran Marathon de Sable with a Suunto and then I moved over because I'd, I'd had a Garmin for, for, for a few months before Marathon de Sable in 2015 and then i moved to garmin and i used actually my garmin exactly the same garmin for about five years there the phoenix 3 hr and which was a great watch for me worked super well and then recently i moved over to the sunto and i speak actually all about that as i said in my instagram tv video that i did about this watch it's very much this watch is great for me because it's got 100 hours of standby time so when i'm doing ultras multi-stage stuff it's, you know, you rarely need to charge it and that is something great for me. On my Garmin, I'd have to charge it at the end of every stage or after about 100 kilometers and it just takes away that complexity. They all pretty much do the same thing. They measure your heart, the way that you get the data through apps, through through their apps, so the way that data transfers from the watch into an app and the way that you use the data, that experience is slightly different from brand to brand because every brand's got Their own app. So, being a Garmin user for five years, I was quite used to Garmin Connect. So, when I start moving to Sunto, it's just, and I use that in, in my video, it's like moving from Mac to an Android or to a PC or iPhone to Android. You just, it does all the same thing, but the way that you get that information over is just a little bit different. Price points, they're very comparable as well. If you take the Sunto 5, which is a mid range wa- watch, does everything I've been speaking about, would work super well for running for CrossFit. You're at about 1500 dirham mark, unless you send me a message and I'll get you a nice discount code on it. And mostly on that level, Garmin Forerunner, very similar price. I'm not 100% up to speed with what Polar is about that level, but for the features that you get, the price is very comparable. They can go up, and we're now into a, a scenario where actually a lot of these watches. The companies are are putting at premium prices they're designing that a lot maybe a lot more premium could be could look very nice on a shirt i mean this sunto looks very fine on the shirts that i really wear but if you you were wearing it with, with a shirt it doesn't look bad but some of the companies have sort of jacked their prices up and got stuff that is sapphire screens and, and all of this stuff and the more technical side of how that watch looks so that obviously drives the price up but if you're looking just to enter the market you want something that you can use to work out in because you're a baller and you've got a nice rolex or brightling anyway then somewhere around the 15 which doesn't matter <coughs> somewhere around excuse me somewhere around the 1500 dirham is about where you want to play there we go that's 15 minutes podcast 565 do I need a heart rate stroke GPS watch? I hope that's useful. If you do have questions, let me know. They're the brands. Sunto is my go-to brand at the moment. If you want a discount code and you live in Dubai, send me a message. I will hook you up. Thanks a for tuning in. Catch you in the next show.